listening to Nightlight. Hi there, and welcome to another in our end time series of Nightlight shows. And with me on the program to chat about some of the current events and significant developments in the world around us as related to end time Bible prophecy, I'd like to welcome back to Nightlight Robert Mandelbaum. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Robert, it's great to have you back on the show. Yes, it's been quite some time, Simon. It has been quite some time. In fact, the last time you were on the show, Robert, was the first time I ever heard the possibility that the Jewish temples never stood on the so-called Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Then a few years ago, remember, we met in Jerusalem and filmed, with the help of King, my son, the Coming Temple documentary, which we put up on YouTube, and in the years since, seems to have caused no small stir. Yes, the the documentary has had many, many views. The last time I checked was back in October 2018, and at that point, the best I was able to ascertain is the video had received about 4 million views. Wow. Now, your sites alone uh, have views for 1 million, and the video has been translated into Spanish, French, Japanese, and Hindi, either in full or in part. That's right. And at one point, I was able to count that there were 77 different YouTube channels that had linked to the video. And when I checked again in this past October, there were still 44 uh, YouTube video channels linked to the video, either going directly to your site or showing it on their site. Super. And then I was also able to find where uh, different uh, YouTube uh, organizers had taken parts of the video and mixed it with others. So we don't really know how many views there have been, but we know it's at least 4 million at this point. I mean, Robert, I'm just amazed at how many people have seen this documentary. It has far exceeded our wildest expectations and has also inspired others to make documentaries on the same topic. So much so that I recently read that the Temple Institute, under the leadership of Rabbi Shaim Richman, they organized a conference in which they tried to discredit our documentary and the others that dared to challenge the Temple Mount as being the original site of Solomon and Herod's temples. Well, that that conference took place in Jerusalem on December 5th, and it was mostly for the sake of evangelical Christians who are uh, generally strong Israeli Zionist backers. Right. And they had about 300 people at that conference. And the organizer of the conference, who's a Christian, his name is Anderson. And I just want to give you a quote that he said at this conference. And he said he believes the theory that the Temple Mount was not, uh, I mean, that the Temple was not on the Temple Mount, hides an insidious and theological agenda. <laughs> well, of course it doesn't, and that was never our, our aim. We believe the Temple was where it's stated in the video, and we have absolutely no insidious theological agenda in having produced or presented that video. And then uh, Haim Richmond was on a recent tour of the United States, and I was able to view a video where he was uh, discussing the location of the temple. In his video, he calls the belief that the temple location is not on the Temple Mount the mother of all fake news. <laughs> he, went, he, went, he went on to say, the future of the world is totally dependent on the clarification of this place, the place where God will make his presence known to man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Robert, we didn't know that these conferences were going on, and my son, King, came to me. He said, Dad, I've 
all of a sudden I've noticed we're getting thousands of more views every day for the coming temple. And we couldn't understand why that was all of a sudden, but now we know. These conferences must have stirred up interest in the topic, and even more people watched the documentary, mostly with very good reactions, by the way. Uh, because our guests, uh, Bob Cornuke, David Selaf, Don Esposito, they're experts on this topic and presented, I thought, a pretty undeniable and indisputable case to prove that the temples never stood on the Temple Mount, or the Haram al-Sharif, as the Muslims call it, but over the Gihon Spring, in the city of David. And King also noticed, by the way, at looking at the YouTube analytics, that people were watching the documentary generally all the way through. Well, that's that's, that's very interesting, Simon. <laughs> and as uh, you know, Robert, the real purpose of the documentary, the sucker punch, as you might say, was the last 10 minutes where we lay out the order of end-time events that will happen after the Third Temple is built, wherever they build it. And we and the experts all agree that it will be most likely will be built on the Temple Mount, as Jewish tradition and politics will be too strong for them to change their minds on that no matter how strong the evidence is to the contrary. Well, when we were in Jerusalem filming, uh, when we went to the Temple Mount, which, uh, by the way, Ham Richmond is pretty much the head of the Temple Mount. In fact, if you remember at that time, we met with him and asked if he would like to uh, participate in the uh, documentary. <laughs> right. And he told us, well, Christians have a different view of the temple than Jews do. And he declined invitation and I'm sure you recall that about within 48 hours, he wrote you an email saying that if we use anything from the Temple Mount, he would sue us. <laughs> and you, you proceeded to take a photograph of uh, I'm Reichman and myself, which I still have.
Hills without Messiah. You're in That's a real classic from Emmanuel Gilligan in his younger years, still fresh as ever, as the Jews continue to look and wait for Messiah. And of course, Messiah is indeed going to come, and the prophecy in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, will be fulfilled, that a remnant of the Jews will look on him that they pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son. And these repentant Jews will realize that they were guilty for the Roman sword that pierced the side of Jesus, the Messiah. This happens right at the beginning of the millennium when the true Messiah will reign in Jerusalem. And that's the topic of a new documentary I hope to film in Jerusalem later this year as a sequel to The Coming Temple, which, if you haven't seen it, you can easily find on YouTube if you search The Coming Temple. Okay, back to you, Robert. We have quite a list of topics that we'd like to cover on this special edition of Nightlight, but first you said you had something that was on your heart that you'd like to share. Well, I'm sure you know, and I'm sure probably most of your listeners know, that we live in very, very unsettling times right now. Right. And very confusing times. And of course, according to 1 Corinthians 14.33, we know God is not the author of confusion. So it pretty much tells you who is creating the confusion that we now live in. And a very important thing to remember, and I know you know this, and I'm sure your listeners know this, is Ephesians 6. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And as times get worse, Jesus in Luke 21:26 said, they were going to get so difficult, I, that's probably not the best word to use, that men's hearts were going to be failing them for fear for seeing those things which have come upon them. I know many people now who will not even look at what is going on. They don't want to know. Yes. But Jesus also warned us about being prepared lest that day come upon us unawares. And as I just mentioned in Luke twenty-one twenty-six, it says men's hearts failing them for fear. But just two verses later in Luke 21, 28, Jesus said, When you see these things come to pass, lift up your eyes, for ye know that your redemption draweth nigh. That's right. So that's a very positive way of looking at the very negative things that are happening in the world. As they happen and increase, you wonder how much longer it can go on the way it is. But as the ungodliness increases, Jesus said to lift up your heads and 
look because that means he's coming back very, very soon. Wow. And I know a lot of people are very concerned about the times we live in, troubled, worried, but the Bible says God's grace is sufficient for thee. I want to just give a little personal testimony here of something that maybe will will be a, a blessing and an inspiration to, to your listeners. Sure. Not too long ago, the Lord asked me to move, not just move out of the state I was living in, but he asked me, and not only just the country, he asked me to move out of the Western Hemisphere. Yes. Now, the place that I was living with my family in the United States was very well set up. It was like a ranch outside any major city. We were stocked with all kinds of preparations for uh, a breakdown of society, but the Lord asked me to leave, which I did. I'm now living in the Eastern Hemisphere. In England. Mm-hmm. You might say, well, you jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> well, I might have, but if if it's God's will, then it's God's will. So I had to leave behind all these preparations. You know, you may look and say, well, why, why would you do that? You were so well set up. Well, the Lord led me to read the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 7. And the Lord asked Gideon to go out against the Midianites and Gideon got together an army of 32,000 men. And the Lord told Gideon, it's too many warriors. Right. Because I'm going to deliver the Midianites into your hand. But he said, lest the arm of Israel say that they have done it through their own flesh, you're going to have to get rid of some of these men. So he told Gideon, tell the ones that are afraid and frightened to go back. Well, I think it was 22,000 left. And this left Gideon with 10,000 men to go against the the hordes of the Midianites. And God still told Gideon, you still have too many men. And God set up a a, uh, test. And he whittled down from 32,000 men that Gideon had to 300 men. And I'm sure most people know the story of Gideon, how the Lord used these pitchers with uh, candles in them to defeat the Midianites in a very, very unusual way. Yes. And applying that story to myself, I don't in any way want to discourage anyone to prepare. I think you should prepare in whatever way you can. But I'm not prepared now like I was previously. I'm doing what I can, but I'm not prepared as I was before. Right. But what does that cause me to do? I can do what I can do, and God can do what I cannot do. It causes me like Gideon, to rely more on the Lord than that which I have laid up against the days of trouble. So I just wanted to share that with you, uh, Simon. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I just want to uh, leave that that testimony with just a few verses. And I know I think you probably have some uh, appropriate music to go along with this. And one is Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. And I'm quoting from the uh, Septuagint version of the Bible. And I won't get into why I use that version right now, but uh, I'll just quote the verses for you. Psalm 46, 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength, a help in the afflictions that have come heavily upon us. Therefore will not we fear when the earth is troubled and the mountains are removed into the depths of the seas. The waters have roared and been troubled. The mountains have been troubled by his might. And it says, pause, think about this. And then just a few verses out of Psalm 91, he that dwells in the help of the highest shall sojourn under the shelter of the God of heaven. 
he shall say to the Lord, Thou art my helper and my refuge, my God, I will hope in him. For he shall deliver thee from the snare of the hunters, from every troublesome matter. He shall overshadow thee with his shoulders, and thou shalt trust under his wings. His truth shall cover thee with a shield. Thou shalt not be afraid of terror by night, nor of the arrow flying by day, nor of the evil thing that walks in darkness, nor of calamity and the evil spirit at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eye shalt thou observe and see the reward of the sinners. So that's, that's what it's come down to with me. We just have to trust. As the days grow, it's going to become more and more important. And of course, the, one of the best ways to do it, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Right. God's word, which can never return void or fail, is our strength and our help, and of course our personal relationship with Jesus, hearing from him in prophecy, and just being led. As long as we are led and follow the Lord and are in his will, we have nothing to fear. Amen. And even if we make a mistake and somehow get out, tell him we're sorry, he'll forgive us, and we'll just carry on anyway. Yesterdays have come and gone, today is all I have And yet the things I see around me make me rather sad So I cling to your promises of better days ahead If everything will be the way you said I'm waiting for tomorrow Promised you would soon return to save us from this mess And that the world from shore to shore would live in righteousness If that is true and you'll bring true and lasting happiness I can't wait for those changes to take place I can't wait for tomorrow Like eyes beneath the sun I would gladly trade the world For one glimpse of heaven's sun You can keep you here and now With all your things that you call fun But me I will hold out for something better I'm waiting for tomorrow Looking forward to the days we won't need planes to fly And no more dark black clouds of smoke pierce holding to the sky No politicians, televisions, spouting up their lies A world where all the innocents won't die I'm waiting for tomorrow Waiting for a time when there'll be no such thing as war No money, no cliches, but truth and love will tell the score There won't be any evil people rotten to the core 
Lana, only idiots get bored Can't wait for that tomorrow All I have, all I've done Is like ice beneath the sun I would gladly trade the world For one glimpse of heaven's sun You can keep you here and now With all your things that you call fun But me, I will hold out for something better All I have, all I've done Is like ice beneath the sun I would gladly trade the world For one glimpse of heaven's sun You can keep you here and now With all your things that you call fun But me, I will hold out for something better I'm waiting for tomorrow And that's David Blossom there waiting for tomorrow. It's never completely dark when you're listening to Nightlight. Well, it's been a while since we've done a current events show, and there's so much to catch up with, it's hard to know where to start. Robert, how about the economy? We've been expecting a major crash now for many years. There was a pretty serious one in 2008, but how are things looking now? Can we expect another crash to happen anytime soon? What do you think? Well, you know, in the past, yes, we have talked about this. We have been expecting it. From observing the news over a series of many, many years. Yes. I believe it's Amos 3.7. The Lord says, surely he will do nothing except he reveal a secret unto his servants, the prophets. And the elite, I have found, seem to always let you know or forecast what is about to happen. Hmm. Now, as we said over the years discussing the crash, it has not been what you would call mainstream news, although people like uh, Ron Paul, senator in the United States, talks about it. Uh, His son, Rand Paul, talks about it. It's been on uh, different things. But when you get the most important financial systems in the world discussing the situation and discussing the financial problems, that is something that's unprecedented that I'm aware of, but has happened now, I would say, in the past year, maybe two years. Back in October 27th, 2016, that's uh, two and a half years ago, uh, Lord Jacob Rothschild is quoted as saying, the world is under the greatest financial experiment in history. Lord Rothschild said, the period of monetary accommodation will may be coming to an end. Geopolitical problems remain widespread and are proving increasingly difficult to resolve. In 9-11 and in the 2008 financial crisis, the powers of the world work together with a common approach. Cooperation today is proving much more difficult. This puts at risk the post-war economic and security order. Coming from him, the world's most elite banking family, this is something that you might want to pay attention to. Alan Greenspan 
former uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve of the United States. He's still alive. Said just last month, December 18th, he said, the party is over on Wall Street. He added that markets could still go up further, but warned investors that the correction would be painful. And he said, at the end of that run, run for cover. <laughs> Here's a quote from the Bank of International Settlements. Now, the Bank of International Settlements is the most elite, powerful bank in the world, located in Switzerland. It's where the heads of the uh, central banks go for meetings. Really? The pillars of the global financial system are fundamentally unstable and could lead to a frightening chain reaction in the next crisis. The International Monetary Fund, IMF, warns the world is dangerously unprepared for upcoming global recession. Mitch Feirstein, a top world economist, has said the European Union is about to implode this year, 2019. And I just want to add one more thing here. This is from the, called NIAC, the President's National Infrastructure Advisory Council. (coughs) Excuse me. The government is urging the public to prepare for up to six months without electricity, transportation, fuel, money, and health care. And they go on to say the profound risk requires a new national focus Significant public and private action is needed to prepare for and recover from a catastrophic outage that could leave large parts of the nation, that's the United States, without power for weeks or months and cause service failures in other sectors, including water, wastewater, communications, transportation, health care, and financial services that are critical to public health and safety and our national and economic security, said the advisory council. Once again, refer back. It comes down to trusting the Lord. As you know, believe this is in James, I could be wrong, where it talks about the elite, the rich, have heaped treasure together for the last days, because that is their only hope, their wealth, and it's not going to be enough. The only thing is going to be the Lord. And it's encouraging, Robert, that the Lord's promises of supply are not conditional on the state of the world's economy. Look how he supplied miraculously for his children in the Bible, feeding the millions of the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. Reminds me of that verse in uh, Revelations 12, And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. It always encourages me that it's a place prepared of God. It's already been prepared. Yes, God God is going to prepare a place. Where do you think that wilderness might be, Robert? Well, we know that there are going to be whole nations that are going to fight against the Antichrist and his mark. And of course, you know, one of the reasons that we're going through the financial situation right now is because in the long run, in Revelations 13, the mark all has to do with buying and selling. Yes. Of course, this is all happening and it's being set up like the 1929 crash was set up to fail. And it's being set up to bring in the mark of the beast. You know, we've discussed before, Simon, there is so much happening right now in so many different spheres coming together at the same time that would seem to be pointing to the culmination of the prophecies of not only Revelations 13, but as you as you uh, mentioned earlier before we went on air, even George Orwell could not have comprehended the extent of the surveillance system that is being put out throughout the entire world now, and especially in China. Well, let's talk about China, Robert. 
brings up to speed with what's happening there. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Well, of course, as everyone knows, China is an atheistic society. And one of the most recent things, and this just was reported just actually a few days ago from the English newspaper The Express, and I'll just read you the headline, Christianity Crackdown, Fury as Police Demand Removal of First Amendment. This must go, they say. Chinese authorities have ordered a church to remove the first of Ten Commandments as Xi Jinping's communist regime continues to crack down on religion. Why would they want to remove the First Amendment? Well, this is the same reason missionaries had such a difficult time when they first went to Japan, because uh, the emperor was worshipped as a god. And to bring forth Jesus and God on a higher level, they couldn't tolerate this. And this is what the Communist Party in China, in particular, they will not tolerate any authority greater than the Communist Party and their supreme ruler, who at present is Xi Jinping. So they are removing the First Amendment. Another, uh, another report talks about smart uniforms. The headline on this one says, China tracks workers' brains, now tracking children with smart tech uniforms. What? And it says, concealed in regular safety helmets or uniform hats, these lightweight wireless sensors constantly monitor the wearer's brainwaves and stream the data to computers that use artificial intelligent algorithms to detect emotional spikes such as depression, anxiety, or rage. Gosh. The technology is in widespread use around the world, but China has applied it on an unprecedented scale in factories, public transport, state-owned companies, and the military to increase the competitiveness of its manufacturing industry and to maintain social stability. It says when students enter the school, the smart uniforms help take a photo or video of them, explain the school principal, whose elementary school... Uh, started rolling out smart uniforms last November. I read one story about a. they have 200 million cameras, CCTV cameras, in China now, and they're hoping to open up it to 800 million in the coming year. And I read one article, a man was jaywalking across the street. Before he got to the other side of the street, his cell phone received notification that he had jaywalked and that this was the fine. Gosh, it was unbelievable. So you, you talk about surveillance, and of course, who was behind a lot of this uh, setting up of this, these programs was Google. And actually, uh, several Google employees and uh, high-ranking members of the corporation resigned because they didn't want to be a part of setting up this surveillance system in China. Good for them. And this is very likely to spread you know, to many other countries in the world. But again, there are going to be countries that are going to be re- rebelling against this. One other note about China... This is from ChristianHeadlines.com. China tells police, arrest Christians or get fired. Chinese authorities are setting quotas on the number of Christians that must be arrested and are threatening police officers with dismissal if they don't meet the minimum standards, according to a magazine that monitors religious freedom in the country. The magazine Bitter Winter reported that the National Security Bureau of Liaoning Dalian City sets the standards which are based on 100-point evaluation systems. Yes, the persecution and imprisonment of Christians in China has been reported on the BBC a couple of times recently, even showing pictures of the cuts and wounds on their feet and other body parts where they've been tortured and beaten. And there's also a British government minister 
Robert, who, with the help of the Archbishop of Canterbury, is trying to bring to the world's attention the growing persecution and martyrdom of Christians in various countries worldwide, with an estimated 250 Christians being killed every day. I'm not sure if everybody's aware of this. Signs of the Times. Robert, do you mind if we break here for a few minutes for a song? I've got a song from Jeremy Spencer that I've been waiting for a show like this where it would be appropriate to play it. Maybe this should have been on our list of topics, but I think Jeremy covers it very nicely in the very clever lyrics of this song. Take a listen. We don't have to spend a penny on armaments or any other means of enforcing global peace. We don't need a military to nab them or nuke or shoot or stab them. We just line them up and jab them with disease. What? Line them up and jab them with disease? Precisely. Line them up and jab them with disease. It's really not so menacing to accomplish ethnic cleansing through the use of a deadly viral strain. It shouldn't seem so sinister to merely administer such a cleanser to the blood and to the brain. Think about it. (laughs) You may call it genocide, but you agree we must decide to prohibit population to increase. Of course. We don't need a force to nab it, or nuke or shoot or stab it. We just breeze in there and jab it with disease. We just breeze in there and jab it with disease. You know what? I agree. In the interests of our welfare, it's a more selective warfare, and far more eco-friendly than napalm. To accomplish our desire, the only shots we need to fire are those we silently inject into the hour. Rid the world of useless eaters is our goal, so who'll defeat us when we hold the very keys to their decrease? We don't need a force to nab them, or nuke or shoot or stab them. We just blind them up and jab them with disease. Simple. Line them up and jab them with disease. Why should we spend on rockets? People pay from their own pockets to bring about our goal of their disease. We don't need to grab or nab them, nuke or shoot or stab them. Goodness gracious, no. They'll fall in line to let us jab them with disease. They'll fall in line to let us jab them with disease. Enforced inoculations upon unsuspecting nations will cripple them and bring them to their knees. We don't need to grab or nab them, nuke or shoot or stab them. We just march in there and jab them with disease. We just march in there and jab them with disease. Now you may think I'm spreading gloom, but a womb can be a tomb, and I say it at the risk of making waves. I know it may sound tough, but if we jab them soon enough, we can turn a billion cradles into graves. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight 
shining God's love light to the world. And you're listening to a special end time edition of Nightlight with me on the program, speaking to us from the north of England over Skype is Robert Mandelbaum. Robert, before Jeremy's song, Line Em Up and Jab Em, we were talking about the extreme Orwellian social credit system that's already up and running in China with plans by the global elite to bring it as soon as they can manage to the rest of the world. Well, let's see if there's going to be any kind of a pushback against this extreme Orwellian technology. If people are going to rise up and refuse to accept this kind of total surveillance society with their lives being totally controlled. Oh, I absolutely believe that's true. I, I believe the Lord will raise up pushback, and I believe people will be risen up who are going to fight. Well, I mean, the, the, the probably one of the best examples are the two witnesses in Revelation 11. That's exactly the chapter I was thinking of. They're right there in the, in the heart of where the Antichrist is going to declare himself God, and they're going to prophesy during the tribulation, and it says if any man uh, hurts them, fire comes out of their mouth and destroys them. And they're going to go for the entire tribulation period until their witness is finished. And then, of course, they'll be martyred. And it says uh, people on the earth are going to make merry over them, send gifts one to another, and then great fear is going to fall upon them. when they, After three and a half days, the Spirit of God raises them up and they ascend up to heaven in a cloud. Yes, that's one of my favorite chapters. And I mean, you can imagine the kind of incredible supernatural power that is emanating from these two individuals, whoever they may be, that for three and a half years they stand in Jerusalem calling down on earth all manner of plagues, and there's absolutely nothing that the Antichrist with all his security and military can do to stop them. That's something I'm really looking forward to seeing, Robert. Well, you know, uh, there's an old saying, power for the hour, and uh, if you don't feel like you have it now, maybe you don't need it now, (laughs) but you'll get it when you need it. Shining bright in the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight. Talking about technology closing in on us, let's talk, Robert, about the new 5G technology that's very quickly being rolled out. For those who don't know what 5G is or what it's all about, maybe you could just explain what is 5G and why is it so dangerous? Well, you you know the, the cell phone industry originally started with 1G, and you could make calls on your uh, on your mobile phone. Then they went to 2G, and then you could start right. texting. And then they went to 3 and 4G. We're presently in 4G, sometimes 3G, and you can, you know, watch videos on your cell phone. But 5G is going to make it, and this is their selling point, 5G is going to make it so that you can actually download a whole movie, I think they're saying, in about three and a half seconds you know, if, if that's important to you. But the problem is with 5G and with 4G and with all of these, it gives off electromagnetic signals. It says, as Natural News 365 reports, former congressional candidate turned advocate Kevin Motis has been particularly outspoken about the potential health disaster that is 5G technology. Motis has stated that the emerging effects of 5G are already being observed in children. We are microwaving our population, the safety activist reported. More than 230 scientists, doctors, and other experts have weighed in on the ominous threat posed by the soon-to-be-everywhere 5G network. 
In order to achieve faster speeds, 5G relies on millimeter waves, which are even smaller than microwaves and operate at a higher frequencies. These smaller waves are more easily absorbed by buildings, trees, and other things like people. So more towers will be needed in order to maintain connectivity. The industry has created specialized small cell stations and new larger base stations to accommodate the demands of 5G. Even so, it's expected that a small cell will need to be installed every 250 meters in cities for 5G to work properly. There will be one on every street corner. There's also a plan to launch in the next few years 20,000 satellites which would project 5G to the Earth and back. Gosh, that's... But there are hundreds and hundreds of articles about this. And, of course, the uh, telecommunications operators are trying to push the uh, positive side. On the uh, People of the Keys this week, I'm going to possibly run some advertisements, adverts, that they're trying to show the positive side of this, and they're really trying to glitz it up. I'm sure, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to are going to go for this 5G because they just do not understand the health dangers. And it's not just cancer, it's all kinds of health dangers, eye problems. And, of course, the ones who are the most acceptable, susceptible to this are the very young and the very old. And they hope to be rolling it out this year, 2019, in many of the major cities in the United States. They recently tested a 5G network out in Norway and tens of thousands of starlings died. They were gathering them up in buckets. Oh, yes, I saw that. Again, the question is, will the population stand for this, especially if it becomes obvious that these new 5G towers are the cause of cancers and brain tumors, depressions, all kinds of sickness, both physical and mental? I mean, this is very invasive, sinister, extremely dangerous technology. I told my older kids the other day, please, please don't ever live in an area where there is 5G. And if you want to know more about the dangers of 5G, just Google dangers of 5G and you'll see literally hundreds of videos on it. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Well, Robert, things seem to be moving along very fast now, and it's it's hard to see how the law can allow things to go much further. I mean, like you said earlier, it's like it's now all coming rapidly together, and man is building a modern-day technological tower of Babel, creating robots and AI in his own image, who now becoming his gods. And it's interesting that many of these robots like Sophia who the Saudi Arabians granted citizenship, if you can imagine, are being made to look like beautiful women, almost like goddesses. Yes, it's uh, very similar to uh, the Old Testament. If these be your gods, of course, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose ye this day whom he will serve. But speaking of AI, there's an interesting article from the uh, Telegraph of, uh, of London and it's called Deep Mind. It, it has this, this particular one has to do with uh, the game of chess, but it gives you an idea of what, what's happening. It says Deep Mind's artificial intelligence program, Alpha Zero, is now showing signs of human like intuition and creativity in what developers have hailed as a turning point in history. Wow. So, this artificial intelligence is displaying human like intuition and creativity. They would go on to say, after a year of testing and analysis by chess grandmasters, 
The machine has developed a new style of play unlike anything ever seen before, suggesting the program is now improvising like a human being. This has to remind us, of course, of Revelations 13, right? He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast shall speak, and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Yes. The article goes on to say, My personal belief is that we've seen some something of a turning point where we're starting to understand the many abilities like intuition and creativity that we previously thought were the domain only of the human mind are actually accessible to meet a machine intelligence as well. And I think that's really an exciting moment in history. And uh, Gary Kasparov, uh, world chess champion, said Alpha Zero generates its own knowledge. It's generalizing from past experience. It's almost like intuition in the same way a human grandmaster would think. You know, it reminds me of a quote I, I read one time where it says, most people who are used by the devil don't even know they're used by the devil. Right. They believe this is a very positive thing that these computer and computer images are now displaying signs of intuition and creativity and are very close to being able to think, quote unquote, as a human being thinks. And you take this and you cross this with transhumanism, and my goodness, you know, just even 10 years ago, this was unthinkable territory. Right. But you take this artificial intelligence and you work it in with transhumanism, you, you, you can just see it's all working together. Here's another article from an organization called Singularity Hub. It says, don't believe everything you see on the, on the internet is pretty standard advice, but it's getting harder than ever to distinguish the real from the fake. A new algorithm could muddy the waters further by generating completely made-up human faces that are almost indistinguishable from the real thing. AI's ability to synthesize, swap, and morph images, video, and even speech has come on in leaps and bounds in recent years. That's driving more powerful image editing software, more realistic voice assistance, and even opening the door to automatically generating entire digital worlds. But there's also growing concern that as these kind of tools become increasingly sophisticated and accessible, they're eroding our ability to trust these mediums. The problem was thrust into the public consciousness by the deep fake scandal that broke this time last year when AI was used to superimpose celebrities' faces on porno videos. Since then, similar techniques have been used to put words into the mouth of politicians, and there has been widespread hang-wringing about the technology's potential impact in an era of fake news and digital manipulation. They end the article by saying the time may be coming when the saying will be, don't trust anything you see on the internet. Yep, things are getting really crazy, Robert. I mean, mankind thinks he's so smart, but in fact, he's so stupid that he's creating machines and technology that unless the Lord intervenes, would destroy mankind, as Stephen Hawking was trying to warn people about. Elon Musk has been warning about it too, and he sees the only hope for mankind to link up the human brain to artificial intelligence so that humans also have super intelligence and can keep up with the machines he has created. Well, that's, that's the whole idea that these transhumanists have. Of course, the transhumanists, the ones I've read and looked at and they they are they of course are not religious people they are not christians so they don't believe in the resurrection the rapture 
uh, eternal life, uh, new bodies. Their aim, their basic aim is to take the bodies that God has created and improve them. They're, they're, they're experimenting with the genome system. They're inserting genes. And the Bible is very specific in John 10 that says the same that tries to climb up into the sheepfold, some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Good verse. Look at the Tower of Babel. They were trying to get to heaven by building a tower. What is so different between that and what the transhumanists, transhumanists are trying to do? Trying to get eternal life uh, at the same time not accepting God and not accepting the forgiveness that Jesus has offered. I'm sure a lot of these people think, oh man, this is great. And a lot of people really think what they're doing is great. You know, oh, I'm, you know, I might be able to live to 150 and maybe someday have my my whole mind uploaded to a computer and live forever. And that's what that's what these these transhumanists are are really pushing for. And it's a very large movement. But you take these transhumanists, you take the artificial intelligence, like I just said, and it's just all coming together. And as you mentioned, how much longer can this go on? Because it's all pointing to the fulfillment of thousands of years of prophecy. Yes, it's certainly like the modern Tower of Babel. And it's encouraging to note that the Lord interceded and destroyed the Tower of Babel and confounded their plans before they were able to finish. Yes, Yes. And if you think about it, everything that they're striving for, superhuman bodies and powers and incredible intelligence, immortality, the Lord has given that to everyone for free. But instead, they're going to the devil and his mad, crazy scientists to try to get it. So sad. It's a shame we don't live in peace together On this earth God so graciously gave to each one Seems like every time we take one step forward In reality we've gone backwards, that's what we've done Brothers and sisters, we should all be in our hearts And stand up for the truth, the great truths we all know Nothing in this world could ever truly satisfy So why do we keep striving for more? Why do we have such little faith and conviction To do what's right and love the other as ourselves Do we spend so much time Trying to make someone else walk the line That there's little left to correct ourselves it's a shame It's 
black and white. Let's go out of the way to love and respect each other. Send a smile to say, you're my sisters and my brothers. Ray Brennan. With music to calm and soothe your soul, you're listening to Nightlight. And with me on this edition of Nightlight is Robert Mandelbaum. We're talking about some pretty recent signs of the times, some new ones that have recently come up, like artificial intelligence, 5G, and so on. But let's talk now, Robert, about some of the old school signs of the times like earthquakes, volcanoes, famines, wars, rumors of wars. These are all still going on and intensifying, right? Oh, yes. I mean, the earthquakes and the volcanoes that are going off now are incredible. One of the big ones that just went off a couple of weeks ago was Anak Krakatoa. That means son of Krakatoa over in the Indonesia Sunda Straits. And that caused an entire temperature of the world to go down. I think it was by I can't remember for sure, maybe four degrees and caused famines around the world. But there, there was that recent huge earthquake in uh, Alaska. There's, there's just earthquakes everywhere now. Almost not a day or two goes by where you don't see an earthquake. And I'm talking about earthquakes that are measuring many of them in six on the Richter scale. Right. And of course, as you mentioned, wars. I mean, all you have to do is look around and Lord knows how many wars or rumors of wars or are going on today. It's all over the world. Then there's the rise of Satanism, Robert, coming out more and more in the internet, how many of the government leaders, aristocracy, media celebrities, worship 
Satan, even Moloch. I mean, the devil and his people have always been in charge of the world, working behind the scenes. But now with the internet, they're being exposed more and more, and more people are becoming aware of their hidden agenda. It reminds me of a verse out of uh, Isaiah 3. It says, they, The show of their confidence does witness against them. They declare their sin in Sodom. They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. So they're mm-hmm. not even trying to hide it. I just read just last week a recent, uh, I think most people are aware of who Miley Cyrus is, although probably most of your listeners and myself would not approve of her. But she did a concert, I believe it was last week, it could have been a week and a half ago, and she's coming out of her concert, and she had you know, a bunch of her young fans there, and they were asking her, how do you do what you do? How do you get to be what you are, you know, famous and wealthy? And her response was, worship Satan. This is on record. She said, forget Jesus, he's fiction. And she continued on, and she turned around and looked at her fans again. I said, do you think I'm kidding? She openly says, worship Satan to all these young people around, around the world that are her fans. Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. Well, somehow I've lost quality on your signal, Robert, but we're still hearing you okay. Anyway, it's almost time to wrap up now. So any other topic you'd like to touch on whilst you're still here? I, I have one last uh, point to bring out here today, Simon, if I yeah. could. And this is uh, from July 9th, Fox News. It says, for the first time in history, and this is a whole other subject all on itself, and I've put many articles concerning this this situation up on People of the Keys. I'll just read it. For the first time in history, the American Psychological Association, the APA, released guidelines concerning men and boys saying that so-called traditional masculinity not only is harmful, but also could lead to homophobia and sexual harassment. The main thrust of the subsequent research is that traditional masculinity, marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression, is on the whole harmful, reads the news release by the famed association. Incredible. Traditional masculinity ideally has been shown to limit males' psychological development, constrain their behavior, result in gender role strain and gender role conflict, and negatively influence mental health and physical health, the report confirmed. So the American Psychological Association now says traditional male masculinity is a mental problem. We won't go into all the related subjects concerning this at this moment. Right, we'll leave that for another time, Robert. Before you go, I want to inform our listeners that you have a terrific current events website at peopleofthekeys.com. And in fact, most of what you were sharing or reading from today, uh, you were reading from your website. How often do you post? We put a new post generally once a week. If there are really major happenings during the week, we'll add them. But uh, generally, it's more like a, a magazine than a daily thing. And why people of the keys? What's the significance of the people of the keys? Well, the keys are from a verse out of Matthew sixteen nineteen, where Jesus said to, uh, just after uh, talking to Peter, he said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever things you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever things you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So the, the keys are a uh, very powerful spiritual tool that God has given us, especially for the times we are now in. 
and they can unlock a lot of material that a lot of prophecy if you get into using them so we we hope and pray that through the uh, website will increase the number of people of the keys that are here in the world today absolutely and the address once again listeners of robert's website people of the keys Com. Thanks so much, Robert. It's been great having you on the show. Looking forward to the next time. Okay, thank you, Simon. God bless you and all your listeners. And thanks to you all for listening, especially for those of you who don't keep up so much with the news. I hope the show was a blessing to you. Well, I see that we do have time for one more song, so let's end with something a little upbeat. This is Tom Walk. You can see it on the TV, you can hear it on the radio. It's the favorite gadget to go You save up all your money to buy it They promise you the world on a stream And all your friends will love you If you buy the latest watching the thing Down on my knees But begging you please No more commercial blasts Spending all my hard cash Did buy an advertised trash Just buy an advertised trash Driving down the highway Looking at the scenery A thousand billboards flashing Taking up the place of trees Primal search is taking me over Just buy an advertised trash. It's more than an obsession, an addiction, I'm confessing. Credit cards, I got a pile. Spending all my hard-earned cash on absolute trash.